Good morning. I want to welcome you here too. I'm glad that you chose to be with us today. Um, I have a new friend I just met this morning, and I want to introduce him to you. Um, Dr. Prabhu Singh from all the way from India is here worshiping with us today. Would you stand up, Dr. If you want, we welcome him. <laughs> Dr. Singh is an evangelist in India, been preaching the gospel for like 20 years, and now um, has several advanced degrees teaching, uh, helping pastors and church leaders. And Anyway, I told him uh, this morning in the lobby that we have some people in our church who really love India and care about India. Um, so if some of you would come down and greet him and tell him that's really true, um, <laughs> that would be good. I, Lord willing, I hope to go to India uh, with some of our people in November. And so, anyway, we just, we do love India. What an incredible place. Over a, mil- a billion people, over a billion people now. So, Well, I'm glad that you're here. Do you have, if you have a Bible, um, we're not going to do a Bible study this morning. Um, we've, we've, if you're new, we've been studying through um, the, the book of Ephesians, the letter of the Apostle Paul to the church at Ephesus that we call Ephesians. And, and we, if you're new, we've been working through it verse, verse by verse and and last Sunday, or in the last couple of weeks, we realized that this place that we're at right now is such a crucial place that we thought, let's take a couple of weeks and try to illustrate some of what God is saying to us in this passage. So what I want you to do this morning is I want you to think again with me about some of the truth that we learned last week. It was only last Sunday, so I know this is really fresh in your mind because from the sermon, right? Maybe not. I'll, re- I'll remind you. So... Uh, but then what it is, is it's such, it's so crucial for the life of our church. We thought, let's take uh, a Sunday and talk about how we actually practice this and illustrate it. And I, and I ho- we hope what will happen is that you'll be both encouraged this morning and a little bit challenged by how it is that you are, you are putting some of this truth in place. So remember with me again, if you will, Ephesians. Basically divided into two main parts, first three chapters, chapters four, five, and six. The first three chapters primarily are Paul's talking to us about and writing to us about the great riches that we have in Jesus Christ. That a Christian is not primarily somebody who goes to church, that a real Christian is somebody who is in Christ and Christ is in them. And, and this happens as a result of God's grace in our lives that he has actually, by new birth, placed us in his son jesus christ that we are united to christ and that is what makes us a believer are you with me so that that is paul's definition a christian is someone who is in christ and christ is in them and so the first three chapters are are paul and talking about some of the deepest things about the word of god about the great riches that he's given to us chapter one two and three and then he prays that the church the christians at ephesus would get this and of course, that we would get. And then in chapter 4, verse 1, and if so if you have your Bible open, you might just look at verse 1 of chapter 4. You can see that Paul then turns a corner, if you will, and Matt preached about this a couple of weeks ago, about how now Paul says, because of these great riches that we've been given in Christ, because of all this incredible grace, this river of grace, and we've been saved by God's grace through faith, then what God wants us to do is he wants us to, and the words of Paul are to walk worthy, or some Bible say live worthy. It's literally walk, left, right, left, walk, live out, walk out the calling to which you've been called. In other words, if God has given to us this grace, then we've got to live like it, right? We must then live it out, and that's what God has called us to do. So chapters 4, 5, and 6 are going to be real practical teaching about how it is that we are to live out the Christian life. 
So this is the design of God. And right at these transitional verses, the first about 16 verses of chapter 4, Paul lays out a design, if you will, for the church. And this is his design for us. And this is why it's so crucial that we get this as best we can. So I want to review with you three primary things that we saw last week. We'll put them up on the screen. The first is, is that God gives grace to every believer. Right? That that's what verse 7 talks about. To each one of us, grace has been given. Saving grace, if you've been saved by grace through faith. But then in chapter 4, grace to serve. And this, this word grace is the foundational idea of spiritual gifts. That God gives grace to gift every one of his people, to give them ability to serve and to please him, to live the kind of life that he wants us to live, and actually then to live out and be his people and do what he calls us to do. The second thing we learned last week is that God gives spiritual leaders to equip God's people for ministry. That the reason that God gives gifted people to the church, and particularly people like pastors and elders and apostles and evangelists and other people, is to equip the people of God for the work of ministry. That God is not into this idea of clergy and laity, that there are some people who do ministry and everybody else just kind of watches. But what God has done is he's given gifted people to the church in order to equip all of God's people because all of God's people have received the grace of God. Are you still with me? So the purpose of spiritual gifted leaders then is to equip the saints to do the work of the ministry. How many of the saints? All of the saints. Now this is a difficult thing to do if you're a, if you're a leader in a church because it's frankly easier. Some, so many times it's easier for me to do ministry than it is to equip somebody else to do it. But this is what we are called to do, and one more time, to equip the saints to prepare God's people for works of service. The third thing we saw last week is that God's purpose in all of this is to build up the body of Christ. That God's purpose is to draw glory to himself and to his son by the body of Christ being built up, be strong. And the verse there is from him, the whole body grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. The picture that Paul portrays in Ephesians and other places that Christ is the head of the body and the body is the church that would be all of us and every one of us are members of the body that is we're parts we we have a part in the body and so what the body needs to do is it needs to build itself up in love so that the body is strong that's what God wants is the body of Christ to be strong and to be to li- again live out the life that God has called us to live and then also to be the kind of influence in the world that God has called us to be so then, we, we basically try to summarize these three basic ideas. So it goes something like this. God gives grace to every believer. Believe that? Yes. Second thing is, God gives spiritual leaders to equip God's people for ministry. Yes. Believe that? Third thing is that the body of Christ may be built up as each part, as each part does its work. Who's each part? Us, one more time. So what we see here is that God has given grace to us, and he has given leaders to us to equip us, and he has given ministry to us, every one of us. Grace to every one of us, leaders to equip, and ministry that every single one of us have. This is the design of God for the church. Now, the church is weak or strong, Largely dependent upon whether or not we're being faithful to this. Whether leaders are equipping the saints and whether each one of us realize that we've been given grace and that each one does its part. 
So we thought, what better thing could we do than to have a little illustration message um, to illustrate this? And we thought, well, let's look at a group of people in our church family um, who are trying to live this out, who actually know that they've received some grace and that they've been, they're being equipped to do ministry and that they're building up the body of Christ. And we thought, high school youth. This would be great to illustrate this, right? So by what's happening in our high school group. So I want to invite our pastor to high school ministry. Would you come up here? This is Mark Thompson. You know him. We welcome. Okay. You got some fans, man. Yeah. Yeah. Woohoo. <laughs> so, so how long have you been pastor of high school here? Here, it's been 12 years. 12 years. And the year before that? Uh 38 years total. Wow. Yeah, I started at 18. Man. So you keeping up with them? Am I? Some are saying no, some are saying yes. Okay. I, I'm doing the best I can. You're doing How's the best that? you can, yeah. Okay, good. <laughs> yeah, that's why I have the young guys to help me. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's, it's good. So, um, we'll get right to it. But sure. uh, let me just ask you this question. Some people would probably say, you know, high school... Teenagers, they're pretty young to really know that they have the grace of God given to them and that they have gifts. And What do you think? I can tell you right now that the teenagers that we have here through our middle school as well as our high school ministry, they love Jesus with all their heart. We have kids that give up things for the cause of Christ. I mean, you're going to see they gave up uh, a whole, you know, their spring break to go serve Christ. Yeah, yeah. They give up things you will hear through some testimony in a little bit of what God means to them and, and how that is the most important um, aspect of their whole existence is Christ. So you and, see the grace of God and spiritual gifts in I the do, life oh, of high school Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Our kids yeah. are so gifted. Yeah. They have gifts. Yeah. They blow my mind when they are set free to do the work of the ministry. Yeah. I just smile and kick back and go, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's awesome. So what what do you see as your primary role? Yeah, my, my primary mm-hmm. role uh, as a pastor yeah. is to equip the saints hmm. to know Christ in a way in which they can go out and transform this crazy world oh. of ours for okay. Jesus and, um, and, and, and just continue to love people into the kingdom. Okay, I know you got some illustrations, so let's get to it. I'll okay. go sit down and enjoy okay. it. I just need to first say it is a complete and utter, other, utter pleasure and, and amazing gift for me to be able to stand before you. I want you to know that um, we do have ministry here at our church, uh, middle school as well as high school, who are their heart's commitment is to train up teenagers to be effective ministers of the gospel. There's a passage in the scripture that uh, we use for our discipleship groups uh, that kind of shares the heart of what we, we as disciple, disciple group leaders um, have for our students. And it's found in uh, 1 Thessalonians uh, chapter 2, verse 8. It says this, We love you so much that we were delighted to share with you not only the gospel of God, but our lives as well, because you have become so dear to us. 
we, one of the ministries, like Carl was talking about, it starts with the, the lavish grace that it just poured upon us when we meet Christ. We, we know we need Him. He comes upon us. He, he pours His grace on us. We are forgiven. We, we feel cleansed. We are a new people. And then, what do we need to do? We need to be equipped. We need to know what's up, right? So what we, we, as a high school, as well as middle school ministry do, is we do discipleship groups. And we call them D groups. And our D groups are revolved around usually six to eight to sometimes upwards of ten people and two, usually two adult staff that pour their lives into these people from, we, we start in May and it goes, excuse me, we start in, in September and we go all the way to May. And it's a weekly time of meeting together. They, they're studying the word. Their accountability. I mean, you're going to hear in just a couple of moments um, some of uh, our students as well as leaders sharing what discipleship groups mean to them. So at this time, can I have uh, Ryan Larson and Brenna Warren? Can you guys come on up? Uh, this is kind of a, a blessing for me because... Uh, Ryan uh, grew up here in this church, and he tells me he grew up when he was a little baby. And uh, so, uh, yeah, it's hard to believe. <laughs> so, but what's beautiful is that uh, Ryan um, loves Christ with all his, all his heart. And uh, Ryan, I'd, I'd just like you to share right now, what did discipleship groups uh, mean to you, and how did they impact you in your walk with Christ? Well, when I was in high school, it was... It was a place to go to grow deeper with other uh, brothers in Christ, and it allowed me to to ask the hard questions that the high schoolers love to ask, and the D group leaders, you know, a lot of people are like, oh, I'll get back to you on that, but then they never do, but my D group leader, at least, he'd like, I'd get back to you, and then the week after that, he would have either a Bible verse for me or something like that, and it creates this lasting friendship with all the other guys in my D group. Um, I don't talk to a lot of them anymore, but I know that if I were to call them up at any moment, we could just pick right up where we left off. That's awesome. And now, as you can see, Ryan is not in high school anymore. He, he graduated a few years back, and he went off to college to Oregon State University. Okay. And he even graduated. No, but he did. And um, he's now an engineer working in a firm. And uh, Ryan, now he's done full circle. He's come back and he's serving with us here in the high school group. And he's a discipleship group leader. And Ryan, why don't you share right now what, what is that like and, and what has God been teaching you through doing that? Well, first of all, I have a lot more respect for my D group leaders. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's quite a challenge um, and a blessing to be able to pour into these kids on a much deeper level. Um, I love my D group guys. I have all the sophomore guys and, uh, they're a lot of fun each week. We joke around, we talk about video games, we talk about sports, we talk about, you know, everything. But then when it gets down to business, um, they do share deep stuff. And the main reason I love doing it is because my D group leader poured into me and I want to pour back into them so that they can go out and pour into their friends and future. Yeah. That's awesome. Well, thank you for sharing. This is Brenna Warren, and Brenna is a senior in high school. She's going to be going to Grand Canyon University next year. And uh, 
Brenna, why don't you share with us, what, what has God like, taught you over these past four years as you've been experiencing discipleship groups? Well, I think that, I mean, he teaches me things every week um, through what we're reading and just through the girls and the leaders that I've had. Um, all of the girls I know that I can turn to, and they change every year for me. I've been in several different ones, but um, all of the girls are there to support me and are there to offer um, God's word when I have questions and when I'm worried about things. Um, and I know that every week I can come there and relax and um, joke around and have fun, but also know that when we go on these big things like Mexico and um, Night Strike, that I can just know that we're going to use that to come closer together. And we've just grown into this beautiful strong group of girls and I'm so proud to be able to say that next year I'll be able to turn to them whenever I can and it's also amazing to see the the leaders that the relationships they build with me and all of them are my mentors I learned so much from them every single time um, and they're so loving and caring and they're for me all the time and um, they're like a second family to me that's so. awesome that's awesome well, thank you guys for sharing. Obi, do you mind going? It? Is, it, is it still there? Yeah. Okay. Okay. So, as as they're sharing, like we, we want to make sure you we, you understand the succession of what we're talking about here. We we must understand that it's the grace of God first. It starts with the power and the grace of God being poured upon us, and then God desires us to be equipped. And, and we need to be equipped with what the knowledge of the scriptures and, and interaction with one another in the community. And, and I just want to say this. It's really important. I, I just want to say I am so excited about what God is trying to do and our, our, our body wants to do about community. We desire to build community here at, at Cedar Mill Bible Church through groups. And if you're not part of a group, I just want to encourage you with all my heart. You really need to start looking into that because the power of the Holy Spirit is done in community. It's done, it's done in a group fashion. You can do it individually as well. But if you look through scriptures, it, he, he does it in community in a great way. And so I just want to just lay that out for you. So important. But after or as you're in the midst of, of, of growing and being equipped, God doesn't just leave us there. He calls us to go out. He calls us to reach out and to care for others. And uh, uh, my friend right over here, Jason Brenneman, is going to come forward. He's one of our high school uh, youth staff, and he's going to share with you a little bit about a ministry that we're involved in. Cool. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, thanks, Mark. So, yeah, I've been, uh, Jason, I've been working with the high school group now since September or so, and uh, it's been been really cool. But, yeah, one of the ministries that we're, we have our hands in is Night Strike, and uh, it's downtown Portland on Thursday nights under the Burnside Bridge. And um, it's put on by Bridgetown Ministries, and it is basically just uh, just time to bless the homeless. We uh, we wash feet, they, uh, they hand out food and clothing and sleeping bags, and um, they have haircuts and showers the list goes on it's pretty cool and, and one of the things that um, some of the groups do is go out on prayer walks and just uh, get to know the people in the communities down there and, and the homeless and um, that's what our group usually does is we prepare food the high schoolers all of us prepare food and bring it down there and hand out sandwiches and that's kind of a open door to um, just get to know um, the people down there and, and just um, I don't know just share a life with them 
it's it's really cool some of the stories that you hear, um, but it's also really really heartbreaking. And there's just a lot of a lot of pain and a lot of suffering and addiction that's going on. Yeah. Um, but it's it's amazing to see God use the youth in such a powerful way. It's it's so amazing and. Um, yeah, share that story, bro, that you were going to share. Yeah, yeah. Um, so we, one of the prayer walks we went out on, um, we were out and about, and we kind of pray for businesses and, and just, you know, this, as the Spirit leads, you know. And, and we came across this lady that um, was pregnant, and she was um, really just caught up in addiction. And we, we met her, and she tried to sell us sunglasses. <laughs> we were like, no, thanks, we're good. <laughs> But uh, we we just got to um, talk to her and find out her story a little bit. And um, she said that she was trying to get off the street and uh, she was pregnant and she um, w- was pretty heavy in addiction and everything. And, and we got to pray over her and, and put our hands on her belly and pray for her baby. And I just, I know that, that God's going to do things in and through her and that, that child. It's it's just cool. Just opportunities like that happen. And it's just amazing. But uh, yeah, to see the youth, youth doing it is Wow, it's so encouraging, but there's a a few verses here that I'd like to share. Um, It's out of Matthew 21, 14 through 17. It is, The blind and the lame came to him at the temple, and he healed them. But when the chief priests and the teachers of the law saw the wonderful things he did, and the children shouting in the temple area, Hosanna to the son of David, they were indignant. So they, Do you hear what these children are saying? They asked him. Yes, replied Jesus. Have you never read from the lips of children and infants you have ordained praise? And he left them. And uh, that just, I just read that, and that just totally reminds me of just the children that um, are at work and what God's doing. It's pretty powerful. But, yeah, thank you guys. All right. Thanks, Jason, for sharing. I I just, before he heads out, I, I, I want you to know that Jason grew up in our church. And uh, let's just say he played in the far country for a while. And uh, the beauty of God is he doesn't give up on us. And I just want you to know, just, I just, he is a blessing as a brother because he loves Jesus. Because where much is forgiven, boy, you, you, you've seen the love of Christ, haven't you? He gives a lot of grace. Yeah. <laughs> but I just want to say thank you, bro, for, thank you. for your love. That's awesome. Awesome. Thank you, brother. Uh, I, have, I have the privilege of talking to you about something that's near and dear to my heart. Um, we do another ministry, and we've been doing it for 10 years here at the church, and many of you may ne- have never heard of it. And it's called Avamir Rehab Center. It's kind of like a, a convalescent home, except... Okay, are you... But... Um... There, it, also, there, there are people there who are rehabbing from like, like uh, accidents and things such as that. But the thing that, uh, yeah, there's that nice picture. But um, what's amazing about this ministry that just really uh, blesses my heart is there are people out there that are so lonely and so broken and have nobody that comes to visit them. It is, it is one of those things, it is one of the things in our American culture that I'm not really proud of. We throw away our old people. We need to start realizing that they are an asset. They are a blessing. And we need to realize that. 
the way I learned about this was when I was a young youth pastor. We used to go, and we used to uh, sing at Christmas time to the convalescent homes. And we would come in, do our, our Christmas thing, yada da 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 and then we'd be gone. And then one year I called, and I wanted to set up for us to come sing. And the lady goes, uh, no, thank you, Mark, we won't be using you this year. And I say, what's, what's wrong? She goes, Mark, when you come with the group of kids, you build hope in them. They enjoy you guys so much. And then what do you do? You don't come back for a year. And that was the voice of God who spoke to me. It broke my heart. So since we've been here at this church, we have gone every month for over 10 years to go love on kids. Excuse me, I call them kids, but love on seniors and other people. And the thing that is amazing about that is you build some amazing deep relationships with these people. You know what's funny is over 10 years... We played bingo with them. Now you might go, bingo? What are you doing playing bingo? We go to the dollar store. We spend 40 bucks on prizes, some really goofy stuff. And they fight over it. It's awesome. <laughs> and so as they're fighting over this stuff, you know, we celebrate. You know, you won. Woo! You know, you won a dollar prize. You know, but the, the, the beauty of it is that we're laughing. We have teenagers that are around the table helping them because many of them do have physical ailments that they can't even push the little bingo thing. And we're helping them, and they're talking with them, and there's relationship that's built. Um, there's a gentleman that we're going to see a little video clip. His name is Lewis. And Lewis is a blessing from God. He's a, he's a believer in Christ. And um, just to let you know, preface this, a week ago, Lewis went in the hospital and almost didn't make it out. And I wanted to videotape him, but he hadn't been back from the hospital. So he finally got back, and this is only recorded a day and a half after he got back out of the hospital, he was back at Avamir. And this is, it, it's, it's kind of hard to hear, but try to hear what he says. It's pretty powerful words. Florida. Florida, Florida. Yeah, from my hometown. Okay. Born and raised in Jacksonville, Florida. I'm a firm believer. If I didn't believe in God like I do, I wouldn't be here now. Because I've been through a heck of a lot in the last three years. He's pulled me through every time. We all have been a true blessing to come and, and play bingo with us. They look at me as, as a grandfather figure. And that means a lot. It really does. Fully trust in the good Lord. He'll see you through anything. He really will. I made a commitment to to the good Lord and my wife both when she passed away that, uh, that I was going to try and live every day for the Lord. And I've tried to do that. One, one thing also, Lewis, uh, when we were talking, I got a chance to interview him and uh, I asked, Lewis, why are you so happy? Whenever we come, there's a joy in your face. You are, you are, you amaze me. And, and that was the answer he gave. He made a promise to the good Lord and his wife that he would live each day with joy in his heart. That ministered to my heart. So we don't just bless. We get blessed greatly by doing that ministry too. 
So I just wanted to share that with you. Um, right now, we are going to be talking about another uh, ministry opportunity that we are a part of, and that is Mexico. And uh, it's another another aspect of an outward ministry that we, we try to do. Uh, Mexico is, is an amazing thing we've been doing. I think this is our 12th year we did it. And uh, we went to Mexico this year with 46 people, which is our largest group we got to take. And in going to Mexico, I'll, I'll be honest with you, initially we had everything planned, tickets bought, I thought we had everything, and the organization we were going to go through, it fell through. And it was a month before the mission trip, and I'm going, uh, Lord, <laughs> what are you going to do? But I just want to tell you, if you trust the Lord with all your heart, and don't lean on your own understanding, he comes through. And we were blessed to be part of an orphanage called Colina de Luz. And um, some of our students uh, are going to come up right now. And, and can you guys come on up? One, oh, we got, oh, that's right. We're going to do the video. Sorry. But, but um, we were blessed to be able to do that, do uh, this ministry with Colina de Luz. And uh, the thing that was amazing to me about being at this orphanage is that God used our students in a way that I hadn't been blessed, I think, ever. And I've done this mission trip about 30 years, you guys. The Holy Spirit was there this week. We worked our rear ends off, I'll be honest with you. We did a lot of physical labor. In in a few moments, you're going to see in the video clip. But the thing that was the most beautiful thing is that we were united. There was something that took place. And it was because each person desired for God to be working through them, united as a community of believers. And we would, we would work so hard. And then you know what would happen? We, we, we would be really tired by the time evening came. We would eat dinner. And then we also had, what we, we would have a time to like, I would call it even a, a church service. And we came together, and it got late. We would go sometimes two hours or longer. But the power of God's Spirit was flowing over that place that we didn't want it to end. And it was a really beautiful time for my heart and soul because God just ministered to my heart, and I know to all the students as well. And so we're going to show you right now this little video of, of uh, Connor Firstman put together. So let's go ahead and take a look at this video. Sometimes I think What will people say of me When I'm only just a memory When I'm home where my soul belongs Was I loved would show up Was I Jesus to the least of us Was my worship more than just a song
These are a couple of guys in our high school group who are juniors, about ready to become seniors, and uh, I want you guys to know that um, these guys have been a real blessing to my heart and soul, and uh, they're really stepping up as men of God, and I just wanted to say that before they share, but this is Josh Thomas, and Josh, why don't you go ahead and share, what, what, what did God teach you, what, what did he pour into you as you went to Mexico? Um, I think one of the biggest things that hit me from this trip was uh, the guy who is ahead of the whole orphanage. Uh, his name is Jim Drake. Um, Jim and his wife, they moved from San Diego um, in a comfortable life to Mexico to live on this orphanage, and they moved 27 years ago. In those 27 years, Jim hasn't received a single paycheck. And as a junior, everyone asks me about my future. Where are you going to live? What are you going to do? What are you going to name your kids? <laughs> And it scares me because that's really, really far in the future. Um, but Jim depended on God. He didn't know if things would be provided for him. He would pray for a bus. A bus drove on. He prayed for a plumber, and a plumber walked on. Things were provided for him, and he didn't have any money. And he lives there and it's still going, nice and strong. Um, and so I, just, I think that whether you're 16 or 26 or 76... <laughs> Um, God, God's there and he's saying I've got you God has a plan for us 
And he will provide for you, whether you are at a low place or a high place in your life, God is there. Whether you're worried about your life, your kid's life, your wife's life, your friend's life, God has them too. Yeah, awesome. Thanks, bro. I want to introduce to you, this is Kyle Coleman, and Kyle is uh, an amazing man who desires to serve God with his heart. And Kyle, why don't you share what God uh, did to you and tore your heart apart? Okay. Well, this Mexico missions trip was kind of like a reconstruction of my faith and a reconstruction of who I am. Uh, Considering that prior to Mexico, I kind of took a venture into the world and... um, got in some things that weren't necessarily the greatest ideas. And Mexico just completely reconstructed who I am. And the thing that did this was seeing our amiga, the lady that you saw at the very last uh, clip of the video, seeing her house um, and all the things that she's been through, having her house taken from her and uh, having it sold out from under her, and then her having to live um, with four other people in this shack that had four plywood walls, a dirt floor, plastic roof, and no running water. After seeing that, um, my heart broke for this woman, and I was absolutely in shock. Uh, I was thinking, why do I want to be an engineer? Why do I want to grow up to do this certain profession when I could be down in Mexico helping the people of Mexico? And thinking about that, my heart was just at ease, and all the stresses that I have in life and all other high schoolers seem to have. Um, all of that went away when I just thought I could be like Jim, like Josh talked about, and I could go down there and help the people of Mexico. So this whole experience kind of made me reconsider what I want to do with my life and maybe commit more into um, serving others instead of trying to serve myself. So, Thank you, bro. Thanks, guys. Like I said uh, initially, this Mexico trip, was the power of the Spirit was really there. And um, I, 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 I believe our staff had a major part in that. We, we took down, um, I think if I'm not mistaken, 12 staff. And they were all just a, a major blessing to us. And I just thought it would be kind of cool. If you went to Mexico, and I know most of you are sitting over here. If, if you went to Mexico, would you mind stand and just, uh, can we give them a round of applause? And you know what's fun about serving the Lord? You get to laugh a lot. You get to have joy. I mean, he puts joy in your heart and soul over digging ditches. Isn't that goofy? But he does. And um, I just want to encourage um, all of us that it's not what we do. It's with what heart we do it. And God has called us to be Mexico here in Portland. He's called us to go and love people the way we love people in Mexico. He's given us a purpose and a drive and and something to do just like he did in Mexico. So Mexico is not the end all. It's just an experience that we get to do and love people. Then we bring it back home. And I want you to pray for our high school ministry. Our heart's desire is not to do little experiences, chalk it off as, as a good event, 
We want it to transform us. We want it to make it. We want Mexico to happen every day in our life. So please, would you pray for our students, for us as leaders? We want to live like Christ wherever we are. And that's something I, I just really wanted to state really clearly to you. Um, it's, it's an amazing thing to, uh, to be able to serve God in many ways, the way we, 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 we do it here at Cedar Mill Bible Church. But sometimes we can get caught up in just doing events. And God has not called us to just do events. He's called us to love one another. Whoever comes in our path. And there's a gentleman here who I have grown to majorly love as my, like a son. Um, and that's Connor Firstman. And Connor, can you come up here, bro? He ate that whole bag by himself. No wonder I have cancer. <laughs> All right. They don't know we goof around. Okay. So anyway, um, as you can tell, we're close. <laughs> but the thing Sometimes that, that happiness is found in seven seven pounds of Cheetos. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that was in Mexico. I saw that bag and I just had to have it. <laughs> so we bought it, and it tasted terrible. <laughs> but anyway, so um, Con- Connor has been raised in our church. He's been here ever since he's been a, a little grasshopper. Thank you, sir. Yeah. <laughs> but the beautiful thing, uh, I mean, he has been a, a boy that has always desired to serve. I mean, I still remember junior high. He would drive me nuts because he'd always want to do something. What can I do? What can I do? What can I do? But you know what? What a, what a, what a gift, you know? He didn't want to just kick back and just be the guy in the background. He wanted to be the guy... He wanted to help. And um, I think a majority of you know this, but um, Con- Connor, uh, uh, in high school, his senior year, uh, had cancer. And they removed a portion of his bone, and he's got it right there in his wrist. And uh, they said, everything's going to be great. And it's not going to, everything's fine. Well, some years have gone by, and I'm, many of you may know this, but uh, the cancer came back. And uh, it was, uh, it shook shook many people who love him, and and it shook him. And Connor, I was just wondering, could you share just a little bit about what what you were going through as as you realized it it was back? Well, I'm not going to come up on the stage and lie to you guys. I was... uh there was a lot of things going through my mind, and definitely two of them were, you know, questioning of my faith and uh, and a lot of anger. Um, I had just come back from an awesome semester at Montana State. I finished out school really well, one of the best semesters I've ever had as a student. Uh, I work for the football team out there as well as any ath- ath- uh, athletic teams, and we just finished strong with a great couple of seasons for football, basketball, you know, all that stuff. I'm coming home, and you know, I'm, I feel like I'm on top of the world, and um, part of the routine was I'd get a just a normal X-ray of my uh, of the of the of the wrist and the chest, and uh, on the chest X-ray they said there there looks like there's a little shadow on the lung, but let's just do a normal CT and we'll see what happens. And um, the next day they called and they said unfortunately it's what we feared. Um, 
uh, its back in your lungs, and we're going to have to take care of it. And um, it devastated me. Uh, not because I was necessarily scared, like, oh, it's cancer again. You know, it's, It devastated because I felt so on top of the world, and then I was just hit so hard, and now I'm at the bottom. And I would, and, and that's when the, the why, because when I first heard it was in my wrist, it was like, okay, you know, God has a plan, it's going to be taken care of, it's in my wrist, you know, that, that's fine. When they, call, when they call you and say the cancer is in your lungs and we have to do two major surgeries to remove it, that's when things get really scary because you're not just dealing with, like, an extremity, you're dealing with, you know, internal parts of your body that could be affected heavily. So I was incredibly angered at God, and, I, and I, that's when I started the, the why me speech. And I, and I asked, you know, why, why are you doing this to me right now? What, what did I do to deserve this? You know, what, what, why are you doing this to me? And, but even though all that stuff was going through my mind, the great thing about this body of, and the, the people at this church and in our neighborhood and uh, just the people that we know as families, uh, I mean, and living in the digital age, you, you learn things pretty fast. And um, I remember, I, this is the one thing I'll always remember that day is that it must have been no later than five minutes later, our entire house is filled with people who are just loving on my mom, myself, my dad, um, you know, my sisters when they came home and they found out the news. Everybody was just there praying or just encouraging us, comforting us. And, you know, you just can't find that anywhere else. And I, I know um, from experience that this body here at Cedar Mill Bible Church has been such an encouragement to my heart. And um, when, you got, when I hear people praying about for our family and myself about this, it just makes... Uh, you know, all that anger and all that anxiousness go away and you realize, you know, that, this, that that's true love and, um, you know, Christ is alive through us. That's awesome. Uh, Connor had the opportunity. Um, he, he had to have another surgery. You're going to see him with a little walker. Um, he had to have one of his vertebrae's, vertebrae's removed. And he's in just in, in mending mode right now. It's amazing he's up. You know, it's the grace of God. But um, the thing that... Um, that is, is, is beautiful and is prior to, he, he had the opportunity to go to Mexico with us. And that video was constructed by him doing all this video footage for our Mexico trip. And, um, and so he and his mom got to go and uh, it was a blessing to have them there. So I, I was so thankful that God worked it out where you didn't have to have the surgery during that time. Um, the other thing that I, I, I just want to state is that Connor is not done. There are some other things that have to take place in his body. They have to do some radiation on two other vertebrae. That's going to be taking place in Seattle in, in May. And also there's some cancer in, in his, some of his ribs, and they're going to have to remove some of those. And that's another big step. And I, I just want to let you know, this, this guy is a man of God. He loves Jesus. He's just like us. He battles, though, too. With, with pain and struggle and I just want you to know that he needs our prayers he, the body we need to come around him I just want to say one more thing and just uh, be, I just want to thank um, our high school group so much um, one of the things that has just been uh, one of the best encouragements I could ever ask for was uh, I had surgery on April 2nd so on April 1st the night before um, Many of the high school students came over to our house and they prayed over my family and I. Um, and that was, I mean, 
we talk about prayer in the high school group, and we really take it seriously. Prayer is an incredible, incredible thing. And we know that whenever we open up and we talk to God, we, we want it to be special. We want it to mean something. And I know without a shadow of a doubt that if, if it was anybody else in that group or anybody else in this church body, um, they would be over at your house or their house praying for them. And so I just want to say to you, be encouraged and, and just be so thankful for your students and your sons and daughters for the work that they're doing. You're seeing it right now when we talked about Night Strike, when we talked about Avamir and, and Mexico. And what and the love and the experience that they feel over there in those places, they bring back home. They are bringing it home to my home and praying for our family, for praying for other families that are struggling. And that's just an encouragement to my heart as a staff member uh, and going through this church and just seeing that. Uh, just so... so just leave with that and be so thankful for them. And, uh, and one of the things that was really encouraging as well is the day of surgery. Um, we were told that the surgery was going to be eight hours. Ended up being 12. And um, the, some of the students in the high school group said that they were going to fast for, uh, for my family and I when we were in surgery. And I remember waking up and Mark and Irene's like, oh, thank God he's up. We can text people now because if, all day they were getting texts saying, when is he up? When is he up? When is he up? When is he up? So finally, I got up and they were able, but that just shows, again, their, their heart and, and who they are and their amazing brothers and sisters in Christ. And guys, I can't thank you enough for everything that you guys have been doing and will continue to do, and I can't wait to see what God has in store for each and every one of you. And you guys have been such an encouragement. Again, parents, aunts, uncles, whoever, just be so thankful and so blessed to have these kids in your lives because they truly are the body of Christ. If you want to see Christ in motion, just look over there and see what they're doing and just see that love is al- Christ is alive and love is real, even in these young people. So. I'm, I'm so thankful for him. Yeah, so thank you guys very, very much. Um, It does come down to this. It's, it's the grace of God being poured upon us. The love of God being poured upon us. And then we love because why? It's, it's the truth. And the love of God can come through us because we have him inside us. Um, before, uh, Carl's going to come up in just a moment and, and we're, we as a church body are going to pray over Connor. But before he does that, I just want to make it kind of clear, and I just want to exhort the body. Number one, we're, we're here not to say we have it together as a high school group, and we are so awesome, because we don't, okay? We, we're trying. <laughs> we're doing the best to the best of our ability to love Jesus. But what I'm hoping, what, what would come through is what we're sharing with you in the various things, is number one, encouragement. That you would have an infusion of courage to go out and to change the world yourself. To be a part of something filled with the Holy Spirit to change someone's life. The second thing is this. If you're feeling like, wow, my faith in Christ is kind of empty right now. And it doesn't feel like very like 
powerful. Maybe you should evaluate, are you going out into the world and sharing the good news of Jesus? And that doesn't mean just beating people with the Bible. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about loving people with the Holy Spirit in you. And so I want to encourage, as well as maybe even do a little of this, if if you're not sharing and loving people, you're taking up space. And God wants you not to do that because he's got joy he wants to pour on you and grace he wants to lavish you with to change the world. And so um, those, those are just a couple of things I wanted to say in a very awkward way. <laughs> but uh, Carl, would you come up and uh, can we pray for Connor? Sometimes when I pray, I, I do this. I, um, I hold my hands like this and like a cup. And it reminds me that, God, I need you to pour grace out on me. And then sometimes I think, and I, want, I need it for me. And if you want to, you could do this. And instead of pouring it inside me, we're going we're gonna to ask God to give another measure of grace to Connor. We're gonna, so if you want to, while I pray, rather than just listening to me pray, will you, will you ask God for... We, we need a miracle here. This is serious stuff. And... Yeah, we need God to do. The elders have prayed. Uh, we're still asking God for a miracle. Um, and I don't understand the prayer thing, but I do know that sometimes we don't have because we don't ask. So Mark and I and the high school group are asking the body of Christ at Cedarville Bible Church, will you join us in asking God for a miracle for this guy? Uh, so we pray with him. No. Father, we do. We ask you. Father, we've asked you before. So many people have poured out their heart to you and asked you for another measure of grace for this miracle for this guy. Lord, a lot of people struggle with cancer. And right now we ask for Connor. We just we ask, Father, that you'd guide him, um, that you'd help him with the stuff that he's facing already and then more surgeries coming and the stuff that's happened in life. And but Lord, we do... You told us we could ask for anything, and so in the name of Jesus Christ, we yeah. ask again for a miracle for him of healing. We ask that you do in his heart what he needs um, in the days ahead, but will you be merciful, yeah. we ask our Father. Yeah. And whatever it is you decide, whatever it is your will, we pray that you'd keep strengthening him in his inner man like you have. Thank you for what you've already done. Thank you for his testimony for you, the way in which you've yeah. used him in these days, and you will continue to use him. Lord, help him to be the salt and light that he wants to be. And we ask again for healing. In the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. 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 (laughs) You want to thank these guys? Okay, so a little recap. Our purpose was, I hope, to encourage you about our high school youth. Are you encouraged? I I am. I'm thrilled. And Whatever else is happening in the world, um, I wish to God that I had had a group like this when I was in high school, and probably you do too. Um, So when you think of our young people, pray and encourage them. And, And I just want to remind you, this is not just about them. Our purpose is not to glorify them. It's to glorify the Lord in them. 
And But I want to say to you, I want to recap for you again, this group is a group of young people who are committed to be together, to come together to worship God and love each, love each other and to love the Lord our God with all of our heart and strength, to worship Him, to be together as a community. This is a group of young people also who come together, not just to be together, but then to grow, to be in D groups, to disciple, to follow Jesus Christ, to learn about Him, to be equipped. And then this is a group of people who are willing to go out and to cross over some barriers and to go and do some uncomfortable stuff in order to be used by God. Do you see this flow here? Come together. Be equipped, grow up, and then reach out as God enables us to reach out. And then full circle, come back and love on each other and pray for each other. So now I have to ask you, are you doing those things? Are you committed to be together? Are you committed to grow? Are you in something where you are growing in Christ, some kind of group, some kind of community group? And then how, are, how is God using you in the world to be the salt and light that he wants you to be? And then you believe in prayer. I don't know about you, but this is really convicting for me. This is fundamental stuff. This is the design of God that every single one of us be together, grow up in Christ, reach out in his name, and pray for one another and love one another. I pray to God that you will find a place. And I want to say to you again that if you don't have a place for those things happening in your life, that's what pastors and elders are for. So talk to us and let us help you if we can Would you stand with me? And I want to dismiss you. Thank you for your patience this morning. It's been a blessing to me. I hope it has been for you. Let me ask God to give you grace that you need this week. Father, I ask for your people. You know every soul here, every single one of our needs. There are other people with cancer and other people with heartaches that we can only imagine. And there are a whole bunch of us who are doing okay. And some are doing great. In all of this, you are our great God, and we serve and worship you, and we thank you for your grace in our lives. And now I pray, Father, for your people, for these people. Will you use them this week? Will you remind them of your great love? Will you help them to encourage others and bless others in your name? And will you use us for your glory, that you might be pleased and we might find your joy? In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen.